Hello, I'm Mayor Pro Tem Gracie Vandermark, the city's first Latina elected official. March is Women's History Month, an opportunity for all of us to highlight women who have pushed the envelope and made significant contributions to improve our communities. As the city of Huntington Beach's first female Latina elected official, I recognize the importance of females breaking ground and learning from those who came before us. The theme of this year's Women's History Month is celebrating women who tell our stories. This timely theme honors women in every community who have devoted their lives and talents to producing art, news, pursuing the truth, and reflecting society decade after decade. This theme speaks to me in telling my story. I am the daughter of immigrant parents from Mexico and Ecuador. My parents left their home countries looking for an opportunity to simply have a life. They never quit. They came here with no money. They didn't even speak the language but all they knew was that they wanted their children to have a better chance at life. That's what I saw growing up, that is what I learned, and that is what I will teach my children. As a woman, I did have a few other struggles that my brothers didn't have. However, I didn't let that stop me. I learned how to fight through those struggles and focus on my goal. As a young mother, I knew that I wanted to instill those same values onto my daughter, who is now a teacher herself and is a mother herself. Throughout the month of March, we will utilize our social media platforms to highlight the achievements of women and how their work has advanced technologically, artistically, or culturally. On the city's HBTV Channel 3, we will air our city's documentary, The Mayor's 100-Year Reflection, which aired during the centennial of the 19th Amendment three years ago. The documentary features 14 female mayors who proudly led our surf city. This film also presents a great opportunity to learn from our local history and encourage our city's youth to be future leaders in our community. I want to thank the women in my life that helped shape and influence me, beginning with my grandmother, who immigrated here to find a better place for her children, my mother, who did her very best to raise us to be strong women who didn't know how to quit, and my sisters, all five of them, who have at one point or another made significant changes in my life and I've learned so much from them. What's going on, HB? My name is Cody Tennyson. I'm with the Community and Library Services Department. Last month, the city took our registration website and the HB Sands to the next level as we released a brand new hbsands.org and activity guide to the community. The website and activity guide were both updated to make it easier for residents to easily find their favorite programs and classes and register for spring and summer activities. As the spring and summer session approaches, we just wanted to remind everybody to head over to hbsands.org to create your brand new account so that you can enroll in your favorite programs and activities this season. We are so excited to bring you this new registration system and activity guide and look forward to seeing you in our parks and community centers soon. With that, for more information, Please make sure you follow us on social media using the handles below or head over to HuntingtonBeachCA.gov forward slash sands for more information. Thank you very much and we'll see you in the parks. This month's Mayor Huntington Beach Excellence Award goes to Brandy Kelly Contreras. Brandy, please come on up. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Go in the middle of us. Go in the middle of us. So, so from what I'm told, uh, Brandy's been with the city for over 20 years, right? And she's been remarkable in terms of working with staff, working with our volunteers to make Huntington Beach such a special place to live. And 
we can't thank her enough for all the hard work she uh, has done to make Surf City the great city that it is. And so it's an honor for me as mayor to award Brandy with this wonderful presentation. So thank you so much for all your hard work. Uh, I hope you do extremely well uh, in the upcoming tournament. Congratulations on winning the tournament in Dallas. And, and as anything, when you're a champion, I know how much time you have to put into, you know, uh, to getting that done. I would like to welcome Tom Ridley, the director of the HB Concert Band, and congratulate you on your 50th anniversary. Thank you so Thank you. much. We had 15,000 uh, participants in our marathon, and we're actually a precursor to the Boston Marathon. It was an unbelievable event, and again, this event doesn't happen here in Surf City without sponsors like IV2. Waterfront Hilton's a, a jewel that we have here in Huntington Beach. And we do so many events there, and we're lucky to have them here in Surf City. Yeah! League champs. This month's Mayor Huntington Beach Excellence Award goes to Brandy Kelly Contreras. Brandy, please come on up. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, go in the middle of us. Go in the middle of us. So, so from what I'm told, uh, Brandy's been with the city for over 20 years, right? And she's been remarkable in terms of working with staff, working with our volunteers to make Huntington Beach such a special place to live. And we can't thank her enough for all the hard work she uh, has done to make Surf City the great city that it is. And so it's an honor for me as mayor to award Brandy with this wonderful presentation. So thank you so much for all your hard work. I hope you do extremely well thank you. Uh, in the upcoming tournament. Congratulations on winning the tournament in Dallas. And, and as anything, when you're a champion, I know how much time you have to put into you know, uh, to getting that done. I would like to welcome Tom Ridley, the director of the HB Concert Band, and congratulate you on your 50th anniversary. Thank you so Thank you. much. We had 15,000 uh, participants in our marathon, and we're actually a precursor to the Boston Marathon. It was an unbelievable event. And again, this event doesn't happen here in Surf City without sponsors like IV2. Waterfront Hilton's a, a jewel that we have here in Huntington Beach. And we do so many events there and we're lucky to have them here in Surf City. Yeah. 
League champs. Congratulations. Really appreciate all your hard work. Thank you to everybody and all the hard work you do for this wonderful city. Um, it's a beautiful city because you're on top of it every time there's an issue, and we want to thank you on behalf of the city of Huntington Beach. Really appreciate it. Uh, I congratulate the queen and her court. Uh, again, congratulations, and we're looking forward to doing a lot of events together in this upcoming year. I really uh, appreciate everything you do for the city of Huntington Beach. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. The best cheerleaders in town. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good morning, Oilers. I'm Karma Robbins, and this is Campus Update. This week, we have lots going on. The HBHS Bridges Program encourages and welcomes you to their mental health fair March 30th and 31st. Here's Mallory with more details. What made me want to join Bridges originally was Mrs. McLaughlin, but once I was there, it was so inclusive. There were so many great people that I decided to stay. We have some fun events, especially the health fair, which is coming up. So I encourage everyone to join. Even now, you can join now. Um, so the British Health Fair is going to be this month on March 30th and the 31st. Um, so a bunch of different events, so we're going to have activities, we're going to have a like hula hoop competition, um, we're also going to have a bunch of different fairs, there's going to be Apple's doing face painting and Link Crew is doing some activities as well as NHS, so I encourage everybody to go out and participate uh, in this health fair. Thanks, I'll be there and I hope to see you as well. Next up, juniors, do you have a busy schedule for school next year? Well, I would look into the hybrid economics class. Economics is a class you have to take and pass in order to graduate. Here's Lauren with more information. Hey Oilers, it's Lauren and I'm here to talk about Mr. Luna's hybrid econ class. This class meets once a week to complete group work and quizzes, then works on a variety of assignments independently. This class is great for seniors who are self-motivated and have an impacted schedule. If you're interested in taking this class, you should stop by room B25 and see Mr. Luna for more details. Sounds like fun if you have a busy schedule next year. Also, Mr. Luna is an awesome teacher. Next up, one of the reporters went to one of our sports events. So here's Colton with... Hey Oilers, it's Colin and I'm here to talk about the swim meet last week. Huntington Aquatics and Newport Aquatics went head to head and Huntington did really well. Swim is a fun sport, full of team effort. Good job on the meet, Oilers. Thanks. Have all you been waiting for another Apple show to premiere? Well, we have one happening this weekend and next, The Drowsy Chaperone. Details about the show are here from Carlitos and Michael. Hey, Carlitos here. Prepare for The Drowsy Chaperone this Friday. The Drowsy Chaperone is a satire on the musical theater genre. This Friday and Saturday, it will be at 7 o'clock p.m. Another show will be on Sunday, March 26th at 2 o'clock p.m. There will be more shows on April 1st at 7 o'clock p.m. and April 2nd at 2 o'clock p.m. If you are interested, tickets will cost $15 to $25. Go to hbappa.org to buy tickets for this upcoming show. Wow, I'm extremely excited to see this show. Lastly, for all my girls out there, do you need a new place to shop? Well, I have just the place for you. I shop here all the time, and it's one of my favorite stores. Here's Sophia with more information on Dash of Sass. 
Karma wanted to promote one of her favorite stores to shop at for Women's History Month. Dash of Sass is in Huntington Beach, located on Main Street. As soon as you walk into the store, you are greeted and are always being helped. They even give you clothing options for what they think would look good on you after you have picked out a couple to try on. Dash of Sass sells many options of all types of clothes. The owner of this little boutique is Natalie Sussman, who is a very passionate and strong woman to show off her cute business that she has worked extremely hard on to open. Dash of Sass opened up a month and a few days before COVID shut everything down, but now it has been open for three years since February. Dash of Sass got its name from Natalie's last name being pronounced Sussman, and her nickname in high school was Sassman. One of her friends came up with Dash of Sass, and she stuck with it. Each item in her store is carefully curated for her customers that she wants to bring in. She tries to create a unique and price-cautious environment for all of her customers. If you go to the stores on Tuesdays, there are discounts. They also change up their clothing for each season. The store's style is a mix of beach and boho. They sell business and formal wear as well. This store is extremely well put together. Girls, I would definitely recommend you go to this store if you are looking for some new clothing stores to shop at. That's all we have for you today, Oilers. Thanks for watching. Remember, to be kind and be confident, you got this, and we'll see you all back here next Monday. Hello, I'm Mayor Pro Temp Gracie Vandermark, the city's first Latina elected official. March is Women's History Month, an opportunity for all of us to highlight women who have pushed the envelope and made significant contributions to improve our communities. As the city of Huntington Beach's first female Latina elected official, I recognize the importance of females breaking ground and learning from those who came before us. The theme of this year's Women's History Month is celebrating women who tell our stories. This timely theme honors women in every community who have devoted their lives and talents to producing art, news, pursuing the truth and reflecting society decade after decade. This theme speaks to me in telling my story. I am the daughter of immigrant parents from Mexico and Ecuador. My parents left their home countries looking for an opportunity to simply have a life. They never quit. They came here with no money. They didn't even speak the language, but all they knew was that they wanted their children to have a better chance at life. That's what I saw growing up. That is what I learned and that is what I will teach my children. As a woman, I did have a few other struggles that my brothers didn't have. However, I didn't let that stop me. I learned how to fight through those struggles and focus on my goal. As a young mother, I knew that I wanted to instill those same values onto my daughter, who is now a teacher herself and is a mother herself. Throughout the month of March, we will utilize our social media platforms to highlight the achievements of women and how their work has advanced technologically, artistically, or culturally. On the city's HBTV Channel 3, we will air our city's documentary, The Mayor's 100-Year Reflection, which aired during the centennial of the 19th Amendment three years ago. The documentary features 14 female mayors who proudly led our surf city. This film also presents a great opportunity to learn from our local history and encourage our city's youth to be future leaders in our community. I want to thank the women in my life that helped shape and influence me, beginning with my grandmother, who immigrated here to find a better place for her children, my mother, who did her very best to raise us to be strong women who didn't know how to quit, and my sisters, all five of them, who have at one point or another made significant 
changes in my life, and I've learned so much from them. Last one too. This is a council chambers test, March twenty-eight, twenty twenty-three. This is a council chambers test, March twenty-eight, twenty twenty-three. I had this idea of making little miniature surfboards with these crazy graphics, okay? I hadn't done anything like that in my life. And 
I read in the register that they had this surf museum, in, this new surf museum in Huntington Beach. So I, I called up the number that was in the newspaper article, and evidently I spoke to Natalie. Okay, told her, hey, I'm an artist. I make this cool art. Could I display it inside the museum? So they, um, she told me to come on down. So, so I come down and I bring one of my earliest pieces that it was before I even had a, a job for any of my work. So I brought in um, one of my pieces and she loved it and This is a council chambers test, March 28, 2023. This is a council chambers test, March 28, 2023. And, and the warmth and generosity of the surf, um, just the surf culture. So she wanted to make sure it was preserved and celebrated for a long time. So, and it was a, and it was a decades long um, commitment for her, even as she passed. This was a huge commitment. So thank you, sorry. <clears throat> thank you everybody for um, continuing this and um, this memorial for her, I'm sorry. <laughs> We all miss her. She didn't know a stranger. She would remember your name. You must remember your name. Hey, there she is. There she is. With her new. Julie, with her this new is oh. Okay. There you go. Well, yellow is her favorite. For friendship. For friendship. Nothing of a stranger. There we go. Yay. How lovely. Yay. Well, that was a great unveiling by Dave Reynolds there. He worked so hard to do that beautiful new plaque. And uh, I'm here with Brett Barnes, you know, who's been around with Natalie. She's, it goes back way to the beginning, but she talked you into it, right? <laughs> to come on as the chairman. And uh, she's been talking about a couple of decades now. Yeah, when we opened Dukes back in 1998, after a few years, she came and sat on a bench at the entrance to Dukes and waited for me and then sat on the bench for an hour trying to talk me into being 
coming on board here and being the chairman. And I said, I'm too busy. I can't do that. I don't have enough time for that. And then I finally acquiesced because she wasn't going to leave. And, uh, and then a couple years later, I, I roped you in to come and help me out. And it's, it's been awesome since then with the, the reboot back in the day with Cindy. And then all the exhibits we've done since then have been top notch. And we're just continuing to evolve. So it's been really good. Well, and our reinvention yeah. with the, uh, after COVID too, you know, like we, yeah. we really turned the place back around into acting like a museum. Yeah, and then Natalie sadly passed. I was in San Diego at work doing something for work, and I came, got the call from Julie and said, "You got to come up." And I walked into her house and held her hand, and she said, "Please take care of the museum." And uh, you know, 15 minutes later, she was gone. So, so after you know she passed, I felt the the after she passed, I felt the commitment to make this thing continue and happen and that's why you're such a big part of it and appreciate it. So you're stuck here for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. But you know, being from Canada, I think she just got the surf culture more than most people get it, you know, and it's been she's been a blessing to our community and we appreciate her efforts. We're gonna go and uh, look at some stuff from back in the twenty fifth anniversary of the museum. We're here this afternoon for me to have an opportunity to present a resolution from the California State Senate to the Surfing Museum. Resolution from the California State Senate recognizing you for all the good work you do. The residents and uh, members of the community that come here to visit the museum, people from all over the world visit this world-class surfing museum. So congratulations on 25 years, both of you. Thank you. Congratulations. Natalie, congratulations. Thank you. The reason that this museum has, has had so much good, good fortune and good luck and whatever is because really it was built with love, not great knowledge. It's Natalie's birthday tomorrow. So, we all love to do this, but let's make all the neighbors over on 8th and 9th Street hear us. Let's sing happy birthday to Natalie. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Look who I found, Jody McKay. Now listen, we just lost Don McAllister, and I don't think anyone served on the board of directors of of the museum longer than you because I was looking at some old newsletters today yeah. and your name goes way back to the beginning. Yeah, it does, PT, absolutely. <laughs> well, actually, 91 is when I met Natalie. Um, my son was in junior All-American football and we needed a place to have a meeting. And she said, come on down, you can have them here. And as soon as you're off that board of directors, you're on mine. <laughs> and that was the story of her all around town. I mean, she collected people, she collected souls. She was one of my best friends in life and a mentor to all of us. Um, I am so proud of her work. And you know, you can feel her every time you come in here. Her spirit is here, it's lived on. And that was really all she wanted in life is to you know, maintain the history of this town and of the surfers and the surf industry, which she didn't know anything about until she moved here. And look what she's done. And still today, nine years later, we're here celebrating the woman that made it all happen. One of the things that I adore most about this lady is the fact that she is a great leader. Um, she's, she, she touches you and the heartstrings pulls you in, and inspires you to do better in life, 
to do service to your community and to be kind to other people. And so I think all of us are a little bit different. Um, I know I am. Um, a little, we wouldn't be who we are today if it wasn't for this lady who drug us in <laughs> and loved us up and challenged us to think outside the box. I'm here with uh, former mayor Barbara Delglaze and Barbara, you must have had some run-ins with, with uh, Natalie through the years. Well, you know the gift that she gave me and many others? Uh, first of all, she was a realtor, proud realtor. What I learned later was that she came from Canada and had this passion about uh, surfing. <laughs> so she came to the right city and uh, God bless her, she was able to inspire people to have a um, surfing museum. And look at the difference this has made. Um, I, I guess what I appreciated about her is she could do the job. We had that connection for sure. But talking about surfing, talking about a surfing museum, uh, making it work, making it work is really the fact that we're standing here today, right? right? Yeah. Because you know, you know especially, um, not everybody can do this. And not, and well, it's, it's making a museum work is bringing people together, and she was good at doing that. Okay, so, I think we've got one more person to catch up with, Julie, the daughter, and because we should close the show with her, because I've got a real good question for her. <laughs> <laughs> anniversary of having a formal board and working really really hard and Beasley was our first nominated or elected or nominated elected uh, executive officer we had to have a secretary and there she was well, appropriately we're going to close the show with Natalie's daughter Julie and because we were at the uh, ceremony and we have some great stuff of her but I really wanted to touch base with the fact that what do you remember when it was all starting to happen and this sign was from the Surf Theatre, remember? And this was on Walnut. Oh, on Walnut, the and first little all, sign. And it, and it made it all the way here. I know, that's so amazing because that was back in the, in the mid-80s and it was the little tiny place that they'd, they'd open in Walnut. And uh, So it's great to see all these years later that it's back again. So when your mum was talking to you about her vision, I mean, how would she explain that to you? Well, you know... It's pretty crazy for her, but uh, George Farquhar, I mean, she had, the people downtown are just so amazing, and George Farquhar was a good friend, and uh, after he had passed, um, she remembered all of the, that memorabilia, so that's got to be a waste, that's just sad, <laughs> and uh, my mother was a collector of things and people, and she just <laughs> thought that this needed to be preserved, and she was really um, very interested in it, and very very dedicated to that. Julie, that one special day though when we walked the pier mm -hmm. in memory of your mum, you must remember that pretty clearly. Yeah, the paddle out. It was quite an amazing, an amazing day for sure. And uh, uh, Sumo did the eulogy and he sang for us. <clears throat> and then we all gathered out on the first leg of the pier and um, had another induction and the, all the surfers were below and we scattered our ashes. Um, it was it was a surreal event. It was amazing. It was wonderful. It was a celebration, and she would have been... Well, now Sumo's up there hanging out. I know, and Fig, <laughs> and, and all of her old friends, and yeah. so that was, um, that was quite an honor for her, and it was an amazing celebration, and then the Hilton did a lovely job of doing a big um, uh, event celebration of her life, so yes, I remember it 
like it was yesterday. That brings the end another edition of Surf Scene with PT. We're going to be leaving from the museum, and if you want to come by and check out the biggest surfboard in the world, it's right here. Famous exhibit, the renovated museum. What do you think, Natalie? I mean, could you ever imagine? Look, we look like a real museum now. Well, you know, these are such wonderful upgrades and changes. Uh, we want, oh, sorry. <laughs> we wanted to do the uh, gorgeous black ceiling when we first started, and for some reason we couldn't do it, but I'm sure glad you got it done now. It's really magnificent. It's all a reality now. Look at how beautiful this is. And think to think that, what, 25 years ago, you'd end up with wood floors. Look at these wood floors. Well, we had a piece of a wood floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love the wood floors. I love the ceiling. I love the, my, the artwork is wonderful. And look at all my old friends here. Oh, it's a really special night. I'm glad we had this re renovation. It's time. Well, we're so glad to have you here tonight. It's my blessing, I'll tell you. There's more of that great stuff to come, but I'm going surfing right now. There's waves out here. Peter P.T. Townend. Not only am I the first world surfing champ, but I love this sport right here in Huntington Beach. We're going to celebrate the sport, its culture, lifestyle, and the amazing surfers that came before and after me that hit the waves around the world, including here in Surf City. We're going to share the P.T. collection with you on Surf Scene. There's been a lot happening in the world of surfing. Of course, uh, Scott Farnsworth winning the World Amateur Surfing Championships, a, a great thing for the United States. Uh, they won the world championships in the teams competition. They beat the Aussies. Bit of an upset there. Everyone highly favoured Aussies with uh, Gary Kong Elkerton, but couldn't overcome uh, Scott. Dougie Silver from Solana Beach was in second. Richard Walcott from Newport Beach was in third. And the best Aussie was Simon Law. And uh, he was in front of Kong Elkerton, who was highly favoured to win the contest, but couldn't quite do it. In the women's competition, uh, really an upset. Janice Aragon, who we hope to have on the show, uh, coming up in the future. She was a 29-year-old mother, came out of nowhere, uh, never been heard of before, and she won the Women's World Championship. So that was pretty incredible. Well, how was that? That's from 40 years ago from a show that I used to do called Wave Watch. And I promised in that show that I was going to have Janice Aragon. It never happened. 
but she's here tonight with Fani. I got both of them. I got both of them here in the room. <laughs> Welcome to the, way, the show tonight. To, uh, this is PT with our surf scene in Huntington Beach at the Surf Museum. And uh, it's unreal to get you guys together after all these years. And because Janice never made the show, we're going to start with her first. And th this is a collage of all, all, all of their uh, achievements that, that have happened since then. Uh, they've done a lot of things. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But we're going to start with Janice tonight because she wasn't on Wave Watch. <laughs> so Janice, if you go back, it's nearly 40 years, okay. <laughs> and uh, you, came out, you came out of nowhere. To Nobody even knew who you were. And uh, you qualified for the US team. And you didn't qualify through the NSSA, which is interesting. You qualified through the WSA. And, uh, and then I was the coach, which is kind of funny when you think about it, right? And here we are 40 years later. But what was your thought process going into that contest? Uh, well, into the actually getting into the trials, I was just surfing a local WSA contest in my backyard at Huntington Pier. And Joe Ewing, who was the comp director there, watched me surf. And he goes, you know, I came out of the water and he goes, you know what? I'm putting you in the trials. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you Very know, cool. so. And where, and where were those trials? The trials were in Huntington, in Oceanside, and in Ventura, right? I believe. Those were the three. Um, it was really cool how they did it back then, you know? It was like there were three breaks that we ran the trials at. And luckily, one was at my home break, which was, <laughs> which was right? pretty Doesn't awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was really exciting. And, you know, then when I found out PT was going to be involved in it, it made me a little nervous. But, you know, it was like, okay, <laughs> like, you know. Well, you, we, I, I really did had no relationship with versus Fani because Fani was already on the NSSA national team and had traveled with me and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know what, at the trials I saw you though and you were coaching like, you know, a lot of the NSSA kids. So, you know, I was basically, you know, there like kind of on my own, you know, and just, you know, some, you know, a local little cheering squad with me. And, you know, Joe Ewing was there, the comp director for WSA. He, he was there, you know, cheering me on. But... You know, I was like, uh, you know, just like from, you know, like coming out of nowhere and then getting into the U.S. team trials. I was like, wow, you know, this is just an unreal experience. So, you know. So let's get to the contest. We didn't get we didn't get much great surf during that contest, if you remember. But uh, we were in the era of not two waves, but it was three to the beach, and and that was that 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 was a big part of it. And you were great at getting to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's all the practice I had, you know, in Huntington, you know, because I trained really hard, you know, and it was weird because I just wanted to be the best surfer. So I would train in, you know, the obscure waves of Bolsa Chica. And, and this and was all while you, you had a two-year-old daughter, right. <laughs> which so, is amazing if you think about it. And when, Phenomenal. you know, I found out that the, world, the actual world contest was going to be in beach break, I was like, wow, well, this is right up my alley. But, you know, then again, you're going up against the best amateur surfers in the world, so I didn't really know what to expect, you know, but... 
So here we are like 40 years later and of course now you, you and Gaylene have been running the NSSA for what, 30 years, something like that? <laughs> something like that. And, uh, and I know you're really proud of, but one of the things I really wanted to ask you about today is you've seen a lot of great champions come through in your 30 years, you know, like, and before that, you guys were part of all of that process. But you must feel really good about the winningest surfer ever, Carissa Moore, winning a gold medal. Right, and she came through the system under your under your watch. Mm -hmm. That was really incredible, and I guess that's what we've worked, you know, all these years for is to actually have that type of recognition at the Olympics. Watching her grow up, seeing when she first competed at the national championships when she was ten years old, surfing against the boys. She was ten, when she was she was ten. and you know, then all those years, you know, for. <clears throat> The next four or five, six years, she came back, you know, to compete in the nationals. And she did everything she could do as an amateur, 11 titles. She still holds that record right. with 11 titles. But just to see what she, um, you know, accomplished moving forward from NSSA and then to the, you know, professional ranks and then getting the Olympic gold. Wow, that was just really special and really incredible. Well, it's a great stamp on the NSSA resume, too, from that point of view. But we're going to surprise you because we're going to go, and I found a bunch of footage of the TV show on the USA Network of you back in the day winning the contest and then an interesting interview with you afterwards. Kicking off now outside as Janice is on a great wave. It had a good face to it. It's still holding up. This is going to be a good scoring wave for Mrs. Aragon. She went a long way on that face. This is just what Janice needs to, a good long ride. She's got to kick it all the way to the shore, and it looks like she may have an opportunity to do that. The water, Janice Aragon. And Janice, congratulations. The world champion title is now yours. Are you glad it's over? Yes, very glad. If it was going to go to one more, it would have been really hard because I'm so tired, you know, and going through the competition for a week now. It's just been day after day of competition. And three 30-minute heats here today it was a long time in the water as well. It was, and it was really close. The girl from the other girl from the United States I went against was is really good, so it was really, you know, tough competition, but I'm just glad I pulled it out. Wow. <laughs> that brings back some memories, right, Janice? <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it's my turn to tackle Farney. <laughs> I don't want to see any footage. <laughs> oh, we, we've we've got some excellent stuff that'll surprise you that I that I dug up. So the, the I'm willing to be surprised. I'm good with that. <laughs> the same for you, Farney. I mean, you grew up in Huntington Beach too, and went to Marina and and got on the NSSA team early on. Like I'm gonna think back. I think it was the '82 team was the first one, right? The '82. I think that's right. '81, '82, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, and so you were in the process and and on the way to get selected, and you got selected. Yeah. So for you, you know, you're on your home break. I mean, we weren't on the south side, which you loved, but we were on the north side, right? Yeah. But but for you, and I ask a little bit different question because the men's team of Australia was just like ridiculous like we were we no one gave us a chance you know like you had Gary Elkington and Simon Law and Damien Hardman I mean the team was stacked and most of our team no one had even heard of right so did you feel intimidated by that you know what's ironic about the whole thing because I wasn't favored right I mean there was 
multiple people that were favored before me. And probably Kong was probably the number one. Yeah, and on our team, you, you would probably think that uh, probably Gaik and Snips were more, more sure. favored. Yeah. I mean, Snips was always like the... You don't, it's not something you need to disclose because you're disclosing items that aren't on, to, aren't on the public record about that item that you are considering when you're voting on that item. The disclosures are project specific. Yes. Yep. Like think about it this way: you might have visited one of the sites for one of the items, but you didn't visit all the sites. So if you were to disclose only at the beginning of the meeting that you visited a site, you've got all these things, right? All these parameters, which is totally against what natural surfing is all about. When you go surfing, typically it's when you have some free time and you're cruising with your friends and you're hanging out and you're having a good time and you're laughing and you get a good wave or a bad wave, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but putting it in that thing was, was a little more challenging. And I think as a younger guy, starting young, my dad surfed um, from the time he was like in high school. So I started when I was a little kid, four or five years old, he put me on a board. And so I really loved it and I took to it. So I got pretty good at a young age. And I think when I started competing, I was ahead of all the other kids at a young age. Right. So there still was no pressure. I was doing great and winning contests and stuff, but it wasn't like it was real pressure-oriented. So coming into that event, <clears throat> I kind of still didn't have that pressure because nobody thought I would be the guy to win. So I think that's why I did well, and, and I'm happy that it worked out that way. <laughs> going, going to that because of the way that the event was run, you had three rounds, and going into the final round, you didn't make the final, so you had to count on the other what was going to happen in the final's result. And I, I remember, you, you, I think you were sitting on the beach with... With that, uh, with with silver, if I remember, right, and and uh, and you were counting on what was going to go on in the water, and and luckily for you guys, Snips was in the final, yeah, in, in that last final, and he ended up winning that final, but didn't have enough points to overtake you, and and we we have have a great image of when that announcement comes. How did you feel when all of a sudden? Well, we knew, so I knew at that point, so. The, what I thought was really cool, let me go back a little bit. What I thought was unbelievable about the event was that it was four separate contests rolled into one. So it was kind of like a normal, like a professional right. world title. It wasn't just one event that, because right. somebody could easily have like won that really, and I don't want to say shouldn't have won, but had like. had one round where you excelled. And I won one round, yeah. right? So the good news was nobody won more than one round. Right. So I felt great about that. I was like, well, if somebody had won two rounds but didn't have enough points to win the overall, and nobody else won more than one round. Right. That would be kind of a bummer for the guy that won two right. rounds, right? Because you'd think he, maybe he should be the champ, right? right. <laughs> so I was happy that myself, I think I won one, Snips won one, uh, maybe did Doug uh, won one? Doug won one, the first one I won. One, I remember, I can't remember who And then three, three different Americans right. won the other three. So I was happy that I was one of the guys that won at least one round, and then obviously did good enough in the other three to get the title. So that made me super happy. And as far as how I felt when it happened, because I knew that it was going to come down to who did what in the final event, because I didn't do well in the final event, I was sitting on the beach waiting and we were kind of looking at people like, okay, he's going to have to get a third. He's going to have to win, you know? And so oh, I hope he doesn't make that connection. <laughs> rooting against guys that are my friends, you know, I'm like, don't fall off, you know, like don't catch that wave, whatever. 
But um, were the Aussies mm -hmm. like was one of them in the running or well, no? Well, the, 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 there was contention of the first three because if you remember, the men ended up whitewashing and winning all first three. They they were gold, silver, and bronze, right? He Doug and Richard. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, so it was going to be an American yeah. that won that. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. uh. So just like I did with Janice, we've dug up some stuff on you too from that TV, same TV show. We're going to go check it out. We're going to check it out now. They really underestimated you? I think they did, definitely. Um, like you said, uh, basically unknown. None of us have really gotten the publicity and the coverage that Kong's got. And uh, just we had our whole team was basically a bunch of underdogs. And we just, we just all surfed good and we all came out. And after that first round, being 47 points ahead, just... I think it just blew their minds. They did come back a bit, but the 47 points kept them down a bit. <laughs> wow, Fanny, that was just, was it better than Janice's? I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, I'll answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but hey, listen, it was great to have you on Surf Scene and reminisce about this. And uh, usually how we close the show, we go out with some good footage. And because I found stuff on the old WaveWatch tapes, we've got Fanny at Pipeline to what end this show? And we'll be back with another show soon. I mean, I know you um, love Pipeline, but... Yeah. Well, my backhand's gotten a lot better lately. I feel a lot more confident on my backhand. I think, just like Gary was saying, um, Sunset's not one of the places where I've personally excelled at a lot, but just in general, my backhand, I feel a lot better. And a lot of times, I'd rather surf a contest backhand than forehand. But, um, of course, Pipe's a whole different story. That's just fun. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's easy. There's more of that great stuff to come, but I'm going surfing right now. There's waves out here. Peter P.T. Townend. Not only am I the first world surfing champ, but I love this sport right here in Huntington Beach. We're going to celebrate the sport, its culture, lifestyle, and the amazing surfers that came before and after me that hit the waves around the world, including here in Surf City. We're going to share the P.T. collection with you on Surf Scene. Hi, it's PT with Surf Scene tonight. We've got a great show for you. We're here at the Huntington Beach International Surfing Museum for the 40th anniversary of the OP Pro. Gonna run into all sorts of people. The founders of OP, Jim Jenks and Don Hansen, and the executive director that talked OP into running the contest, Ian Can. So let's walk on inside. Go, 
about one of the legends of OP right here, Don Hansen. And Don, you were telling me in the parking lot that you won the tandem contest here. And what year would that be? Like 1967, I believe. 67. And you said you haven't been back here since. Well, I haven't been to this part of Huntington Beach. I've come up 101 once in a while. I don't very often go north of, of uh, Oceanside. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about OP. You were telling me you got it from some guys from Encinitas, the, na the name. You bought the surfboard company. Well, I bought the... We were, it was Jim Jenks' idea to start the company, and he worked for me at the time. And uh, so, somewhere along the way, we had to get a name. And, and I can remember John Smith walked up to me one day, and, and I knew he owned Ocean Pacific. And I, he said, Hanson, why don't you guys buy my name from me? He was going under anyway, I believe. And so I said, how much do you want? He said, $1,500. $1,500. bucks. And I thought that was a pretty cheap price because I liked the name OP too. And then I thought I had turned the name over to OP, over to the Jinx and Butner and and Mr. Driver, the other guy who was the real money behind the whole thing. And uh, I still own the, the, the name, OPE. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you, ever, did you ever think that it would explode like it did? Like, I mean, when, when Jim started the, the Sunwear part, you know, by the 80s, it was the biggest surf brand in America. It was. But it was still came behind Hank Ken. They were the original big right. band. And we, and, we, and we have this stuff behind us here. Of course, how many of us wore that short? Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the world wore those. <laughs> the cargoes, the corduroy cargo, right? We're even selling them now. Still selling them, right? Yeah. So this is this is a young Don right here. That's at, at the at the first retail store, right? That picture was just taken recently. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's good Photoshop then, right? We'll we'll be back with someone else in a little while. Jim Jenks, I hope he's supposedly on the way. Makes me mad, makes me try. She don't cheat, makes me cry. She needs attention, she needs to be pleased. She needs a man touch. Why don't she need me? Well, I ran into this guy here, a long, long time friend of mine, Ian Cairns. But to me, he's Big Wally. He's been Big Wally all his life to me. And uh, this whole thing we're doing here tonight wouldn't have happened without him because he's the one that talked OP in the funding the very first world-class championship tour event in California. Wally, how did you talk him into it? <laughs> well, we've been doing those small contests and we had some competitive experience. And we needed a job, right? <laughs> Sports and media services, remember? So, I, I, we had a, you know, a little bit of a relationship with OP. So I went and saw Mike Parnell, and I had a budget, and I had a story, had the name. And it just sort of, uh, my idea was the right timing for them, and it all came together. And we had no idea how big it would become. Yeah, we thought it would be a you know, pretty important surf contest, but it was enormous. Well, it became the contest to win. Yes. 
And it's to me, it's actually really, really important because the original concept was to bring the surfers to the people. And so all the surfers in the world came and they were stoked. And the California audience just loved being, interacting with all of the surfers. And to see that the events in Huntington Beach uh, lose that kind of luster and credibility, I, I think is uh, I think it's stupid on behalf of the surfers, actually, because we still should be having as a world class. We should be event. having a world class world championship event at Huntington Beach for the legacy. Well, for the legacy of surfing, but also because these guys sponsors their biggest business is here in America. Absolutely, and they have an obligation. I feel as the surfers sponsored by the large companies to talk to their their people, the fans. Well, and especially that's what this event, the US Open, is. Well, especially when you have the what I call the Times Square of surfing with Huntington Surf Sport and Jacks on the, on the corner there. There's more retail done, done right there than anywhere in the world. Yeah, and it, you know, so I've always felt, and it was based on the event that we had at Umshlonga. Right. Yeah, we're amongst the people in South Africa. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to have an event in America where you could be with the, the fans? And so we had Mr. T on the beach, you know, neck deep in the water, bringing Tommy Curran out of the water, fans all around. And it was just really an amazing event. And I think the people in California, there was so much stoke for surfing, and the OP Pro dished it up. Well, in those days, too, as, as event director, you were allowed to uh, bring in a few of your own rules, and, and we created the priority rule, if you remember, yep. and instant scoring, Meg running up and down the stairs for the commentators, and that had never happened before. Neither of those things had happened. Of course, we stole the priority rule off Peter Drone, <laughs> and he hadn't put it in action. It was a concept. We made it happen, had the buoy and the, the paddle battles. It was just really exciting. It added a whole new flavor. But the instant scoring, well, it was just pieces of paper and the scores coming down. And for the first time ever, you could tell the surfers in the water who was winning the heat. It was really kind of revolutionary. And that morphed into the uh, computer scoring system with George Stokes, right. also a Huntington Beach guy. And, you know, so um, this event, the OP Pro, was really an innovation machine for the world of surfing. Right, and the, and the audience for the first time had an idea who, who won before, you know, you had to sit around and wait for it to be tallied up, right? Yes. And, and, and now, now you knew. Well, what did that lead to? It led to the, when you know who's winning and you see the wave coming, and the crowd is on their feet cheering because they know that that wave is going to be the decider. Whoever gets that wave and does the big maneuver is going to win the event. And of course, we got the scores backed up really quickly. And, you know, it's so... It created so much more crowd involvement, and then, of course, from a television standpoint, it was you know, really cool. And, and Shane Aran winning the first one was huge over Sean Thompson. I mean, you couldn't have had a better dream final from point of view. The guy that's trying to win a world title and one that was the world champ. Yeah. And the thing was, when Shane went up off the lip and did that 360 degree off the lip and landed it, crowd the went crowd nuts. went bananas because they knew. That was the wave, that was the maneuver that would win. Right. She don't think, she don't drink, she don't cheat. She just flirt, she just fly, she just wait, she won't crash. Shane Horan, a very precise surfer with equipment that others find hard to adapt. His equipment might just have cost him the number one spot on the circuit in the past, but it sure didn't stop him this day. Shane walked away with first place. 
Anyway, Big Wall, it's so great that you turn up here tonight in Huntington Beach for this. Uh, I'm sure you feel proud of what's going on in this room because wouldn't have happened without you, mate. Yeah, well, it's... I mean, we've, we've both been around surfing in many different ways for 50, 60 years. And it's really satisfying to, uh, to look back and just go... Oh wow! You know, we we had a hand in contributing to the growth of surfing, right? And that's there's a lot of satisfaction. Well, I'm stoked you're here, mate. And uh, I wonder who I'll run into next here at the Huntington Beach Museum tonight for the OP Pro 40th. I think I got to find Jim Jenks somewhere. Oh, we just got to let the crowd speak for itself. What a knowledgeable crowd here at Huntington Beach. A back-to-back -back wave exchange that I'm not sure I've ever seen here at the OP Championships. But I can't wait for the judges' scores to see how that one ended up. Well, we'll wait for the computer scores to come in, but we're really going to want to take a look at that. I'd say that was one of the best exchanges wave for wave, as you said, we've ever seen at the OP Pro Surfing Championship. Richie Collins backsided his all weight transfer. Watch how he leans the weight, then releases it, and where'd he go? Oh, there he is. He pops out of the white water like a cork. Tommy Curran going the other way. Watch him as he slips under the soup of the white water, and boom, patented Tom Curran. Well, I told you I'd run into Jim Jenks, and here he is. I, I heard you were downtown having a taco. We were, we were right around the corner having tacos. We had to eat before we came over here. Uh, God, it's great to see this. See everybody here? All, all. It's taken me back 20 years, 30 years. This well, wonderful. Well, mate, can you believe it? It was like 50 years 50 when years. you started the brand. Yeah. And then, and then 40 years since yeah. Ian Cairns yeah. talked to you and Mike Parnell into starting the OP Pro. I know. And Ian came in, <laughs> came in and he says, you know, you guys, uh, you're, you're doing a lot in surfing and things are happening. Maybe we ought to have a, a tournament, you know? Yeah, where? Well, maybe Huntington Beach, you know? <laughs> Well, where? You know, <laughs> it's up here. And can you and you, you can know? you believe the first one, the crowds that we got? Oh my God, the crowds we had. There were so many people. We had we had to bring our own police in, right? You know, to keep it together. Right. It was unbelievable. And and the event had an incredible like ten year run. Yeah, it, it, was, it was so good. It was. It was, we look forward to it. We, we, we love being involved with it. We liked all of, everything it did. Everybody, everybody was everybody's friend in those days. Everybody was easy going. It was just great. So we go back to the beginning now. So you're working for Don Hansen, right? Oh, the very beginning. <laughs> very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at a tire and brake shop when I got out of high school, you know? Right. And so you ended up behind the counter, though, at Hansen, right? Yeah, that's right. Don Don gave me a chance, let me come to work over there, and, uh, oh, no. and uh, Don wanted to do a lot of things and travel and, and expand the brand, and so he gave me a shot at helping him run the business and doing it, and... Uh, and then and then you started OP Sunwear. Yeah. Somebody had to make a better pair of trucks. Someone had to beat out Duke Boyd at Hang 10, right? Somebody had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, we, behind you, you can see you got pictures of yourself on the wall here. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. It does but, show. but every one of us wore that short, right? That's right. That's right. We all did. You know, and we always stayed with corduroy because corduroy always felt good when you got out of the water and dropped those trunks. Man. <laughs> Put those cord shorts on. They work great. You know. So are you proud of the legacy of, 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 of those years? I mean, you became 
in the 80s, the, the biggest brand in the surf market. Yeah, I, I, yes, well, no, I'm proud of what we did, and I, I'm really proud of what we were able to put back into surfing and, and keep surfing really going as a lifestyle. And uh, it was good to see all the music that came out of it and the movies that came out of it and, and everybody living and plus that it, kind of a lifestyle. Plus, you've got a lot of good-looking girls in the Miss P contest. I heard that. <laughs> well, it's so good to have you here tonight in Huntington well, Beach, Jim. Thank you very much. Thanks for... Uh, for inviting me in, and God, there's so many welcome faces here. <laughs> well, I'll, it's so good to see Don again. It, it, it's well, I'll let you work the room. You're going to probably run into David Nueva. I see him over there on the wall. <laughs> Tommy Curran, sure to set him on fire. OP really had it together with this one, even with bodyguards for the surfers. Sean Thompson took second place on the twin fin, was always mobbed by fans, always right there in the public's eye. This is California. There's more of that great stuff to come, but I'm going surfing right now. There's waves out here.
All the things that I need, all the things that you need, you can make it feel.